Welcome back to the 18th Century Podcast, I'm your host CJ. In today's episode is a little different, and I talked about this, uh, I believe, two episodes ago now. I'm going to be doing a few more unscripted episodes. Today is one of those unscripted episodes, which I promised. I'll be focusing on the books I own that are related to the 18th century. Some of the books are just about the 18th century or some of the events. Some of the books, well, the majority of the books take place or were written in, I should say, the 18th century. And I do have one book that I believe was written a little bit earlier than the 18th century, but was still highly influential, so I'm including it on this list. I will eventually at some point have a list of these books. Well, I will have a list of these books on the uh, the website for the podcast. But I will eventually get the transcript for this episode at some point far in the future, most likely. So if you'd like to see the list, you can go to 18thcentury.home.blog. That's 18thcentury.home.blog. Type the numbers, don't spell them. All right, let's get right into these books. All right, so starting off with some of the uh, literature that I have from the 18th century, or should I start with the books that are about the 18th century? Oh, I only have one here. Oh, I forgot to grab the other one. Anyways, I'll just start out with the books about the 18th century. Uh, so the first one that I have in my collection is George Washington's Secret Six, The Spy Ring That Saved the American Revolution. This is by Brian Kilmeade and Don Yeager. Uh, this is about the Culper Spy Ring, and I, like I said, at some point I will do an episode on the Culper Spy Ring. This is a fantastic book that my edition... I'm cutting out like the index acknowledgments and all that... Uh, the afterword. Yeah. Epilogue. It's about 216 pages long for the copy that I own, and I have it in paperback. I got this book uh, a number of years ago. When was it published? When's the copyright? 2013, 2014, but I believe I got this book a couple years after, and I think I got it for Christmas from my dad. My dad also got me another book that I'm currently reading, and it's called The First Entrepreneur. I apologize. Actually, let me try and look it up here. Um, it's about George Washington's economic activity, and most of these books that I have on this list are skewed more towards um, American history, but there's a little bit of British in there, too. Uh, just a heads up. I do also have a book that covers Russian history or a portion of 18th century Russian history, but I'm not including it in this list because it just goes over the whole reign of the czars. Of the, uh, oh gosh, why can't I think of their names? The Romanov family. Uh, why couldn't I think of them? The Romanovs. It's just a thick book talking about the entire Romanov dynasty. So I'm not including that in this list because it goes way beyond the 18th century. But anyways, uh, first entrepreneur, George Washington. Just pull up the Amazon page. 
First Entrepreneur, How George Washington Built His and the Nation's Prosperity. This is by Edward G. Langell. Langell. My apologies, uh, Edward, if you are listening to this ever. But I do want to say the book is fantastic, and I only have... I think around 20 pages left, so I'm almost done with it. I got this one as a Christmas Christmas gift a couple years ago, and I finally got around to reading it. It's a uh, great book if you're interested in the economic history of the United States, or if you're interested in George Washington, I would recommend checking out First Entrepreneur. And by the way, I am not endorsed by anyone on this podcast for, uh, or sponsored, I should say. I'm not sponsored by anyone for... Any, any of these books, these are all just my personal recommendations and my thoughts. But yes, uh, First Entrepreneur, a fantastic book, spanning the life of George Washington from his youth uh, until his death. And it's talking about his economic activities and how he would conduct uh, even economic trade, in a sense, during the Revolutionary War or the War for American Independence. It is a, uh, yeah, it really is a fantastic book. And those are the only two books I have that uh, spans this time period. I do have another one on Thomas Jefferson, but that's during his time as president, even and uh, deals with the Tripoli pirates. But that goes a little bit beyond this podcast's reach. So those are the two books I own that are about the 18th century. And let's get into the books. Well, I'll, next section, I'll talk about a book that was written a little bit before the 18th century, but it had such a major impact on the 18th century that I am going to cover it just because of this, the amount of influence that this writer had. So let's get into that. The book I'm talking about is Two Treatises of Government and a Letter Concerning Toleration by John Locke. The editor for this was Ian Shapiro, and contributors are John Dunn, Ruth W. Grant, and Ian Shapiro. So uh, the main core of this book is John Locke's Two Treatises on Government, which was originally written in... Hold on a sec. I have the Wikipedia page up. Uh... 1689 is the publication date, but Wikipedia does have a note saying it's dated 1690. Uh, Yeah, it does span a little bit before the 18th century, but the influence of John Locke on the 18th century is just so incredible that I do want to take time to talk about this. Have I read this book yet? No, I haven't, but it's on my to-read list to read his two treatises on government just for the simple fact of how influential John Locke is on the Enlightenment and uh, his ideas, how they carry over into the 18th century and how his ideas uh, affect even the modern day. So John Locke's two treatises on government, which this is a really nice paperback edition that I have. And it has some bonus content. I typically kind of skip bonus content and I just read that offhand. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's like an, you know, like an appendix kind of or essays, it's just extra content. I'll skip that and I'll just read the core material. But I have skimmed parts of the uh, treatises, more the second treatise, 
but it was a highly influential book, and I believe I did chat about it a bit on my uh, episode of the 18th Century Podcast about the Enlightenment. I do not remember which episode that was. Let me pull it up, so if you're interested, you can check it out. But John Locke, it's undeniable his influence over the 18th century. I know it was kind of one of those earlier episodes, too. Episode 10. Yep. Episode 10. Uh, which actually has a decent amount of views. I'm pretty happy about that. So go and check out episode 10 where I talk a little bit more about John Locke. And uh, I do believe I do a little talk a little bit about his uh, two treatises on government. So now we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get into the bulk of this podcast, which I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 uh, pieces of literature to get through. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. For the second half of this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about the books that were written in the 18th century, and predominantly these books are um, American, because I do my main focus that I like learning about is American history, early American history, but and I'm trying to expand on other topics, and just to prove that I am not doing this podcast just on American history, I do have episodes on Archduchess Maria Theresa, if you remember episode 16, and I also have uh, an episode on Mary Wollstonecraft, episode 12, and episode 8 is on Frederick the Great, and I mentioned a couple other things as well. Catherine the Great is episode 20. But I know uh, predominantly this podcast leans more towards American and kind of British history, but it's still part of the 18th century, so, and uh, these books are a little more accessible to me at the moment. Anyways, uh, getting into some of these books, the first one I'll talk about, which I have read before on this podcast, a very early episode, is titled A New Manual and Platoon Exercise with an Explanation by Edward Harvey, Adjunct General, in from August 1764, which that was episode 6 of the podcast. This is a uh, military exercise, and it's just a really short book, uh, 12 pages long. Uh, very interesting to see a platoon exercise written for for that time period and I got that book when I went on my trip to uh, Colonial Williamsburg in Virginia and that was last year so that was what was that uh, early summer 2019 very interesting manual um, to learn about the uh, a British platoon exercise and if you ever find yourself in Colonial Williamsburg, it's a, just a cool little thing to check out, and I would recommend uh, reading it. Now, the next two books I'm going to be talking about are cookbooks. The first book I'm going to is a really short book titled The First, uh, what is it? The First American Cookbook, a 
Facimel of American Cookery, 1796, by Amelia Simmons. Facimel? Facimel. Hmm. That's an awkward word. Anyways, it's yeah, a very short book. I think it's less than 100 pages. Yeah, I think this book's less than 100 pages. But yeah, it's the very first American cookbook, which I also got on my uh, trip to Virginia last uh, summer, 2019. And yeah, it's just a really neat thing I saw. first The, the very first uh, cookbook that was mass published in the Americas because you would have a... Um, uh, like a family cookbook of old recipes, but this is the first uh, cookbook sold to mass market in the United, written by an American author. I don't know much about Amelia Simmons, but I do know that uh, she's been referenced on the Townsend's YouTube channel, and if you have not checked them out yet, you should go and look the Townsend's YouTube channel up. And I know the next cookbook I'm going to talk about has been talked about on the Townsend's YouTube channel, which is The Art of Cookery Made Plain and Easy by Mrs. Glass. I believe her first name was Hannah Glass. Now, this book is a bit thicker, and how many pages? It is over 300 pages long. Uh, let me just read the back. This is from Applewood Books. Uh, it's a publishing company, I believe. Publish Publishers of America's Living Past. So just to read the description for this is, America's most popular cookbook in 1776, The Art of Cookery Made Plain and Easy, originated in England. Attesting to the popularity of the book, as the fledgling nation experienced, <clears throat> the American edition was published in 1805. The facsimile was reproduced uh, from that edition with an introduction and a glossary by noted food historian Karen Hess. This title joins others such as American Cookery by Amelia Simmons and on Applewood's growing list of significant reprints. This is a uh, very nice edition, nice paperback, and most of my books that I have here are paperback. I wonder if it says the original publication date. Yep, Hannah Glass. Earliest date I'm seeing is 1755. But it is a very interesting uh, cookbook, and it's written in the how, the original uh, writing, so I believe it is, at least. In a very quick event. Okay, so they did change one thing. In the 18th century, they kind of wrote S's like F's sometimes, and it looked very weird. Uh, they did change that to make it a little easier to read. So that's very nice. But it is a nice cookbook, and I know this one was featured on the uh, Townsend's YouTube channel. I'm not sure if it's the same exact edition, but a uh, very interesting cookbook, and if you're into cooking... 
and you want to try some historical cooking, I would suggest checking out The Art of Cookery Made Plain and Easy. And I have flipped through this book. I haven't read through the whole thing because you don't really read through the entire cookbook. You just look for a recipe that, you know, is like, do I want soup? I'm going to the soup section. But is a, uh, yeah, interesting one. Uh, here's a recipe from page 156 to pickle red cabbage. Slice the cabbage very fine crossways, put it on an earthen dish, and sprinkle a handful of salt over it. Cover it with another dish and let it stand 24 hours, then put it in a cauldron to drain. And lay it in your jar, take white wine vinegar, enough to cover it, a little less clo a little cloves, mace, and allspice. Put them in whole with one pennyworth of co- Cocknell? I, I'm sorry. I'm better, uh, I'm not exactly used to reading out loud. Uh, bruised fine, boil it up, and put it over hot or cold, which you, uh, like best, and cover it close with a cloth till cold, then tie it over with leather. So, uh, 18th century cooking directions are not very specific, but I do have another podcast episode that talks a little bit about cooking. Uh, I believe it is episode 18, English Dinner Party, where I do go over, I believe, a couple recipes. And there is a, another, uh, the episode right before it, episode 17, I go over drinks in the 18th century. I believe I give a couple drink recipes, too. So anyways, those are the cookbooks that I have. Now, uh, I'll go, I have two books by Thomas Jefferson. The first one is the autobiography of Thomas Jefferson, 1743 to 1790, Thomas Jefferson, edited by Paul Lekas, Lex, Leicester. Ford, new introduction by Michael Zuckerman. People gotta get simpler names, my gosh. But anyways, uh, Thomas Jefferson is one of my favorite figures from the uh, American Revolutionary Period or Colonial Period and onwards. Very interesting guy, and I did get to tour Monticello. But, yeah, uh, okay. And just reading a bit from the back of this book. In 1821, at the age of 77, Thomas Jefferson decided to state some recollections of dates and facts concerning myself. His ancestors, Jefferson writes, came to America from Wales in the early 17th century and settled in Virginia Colony. Jefferson's father, although uneducated, possessed a strong mind and sound judgment and raised his family in the far western frontier of the colony, an experience that contributed to his son's eventual staunch defense of individual and state's rights. State rights. And it just goes on a bit about his life. It is not a fairly large book, clocking in at about 162 pages. But it is an interesting one. And I do plan on reading this one pretty soon, because, like I said before, Thomas Jefferson is one of my uh, favorite American founders to read about. 
Now, oh man, I probably shouldn't have grabbed the other book, but it is somewhat significant. Next book, I'll just mention it briefly then. The other book I have from Thomas Jefferson is the Jefferson Bible. I do own a copy of the Jefferson Bible. This was written during the 1800s, I know, or he crafted it maybe during the 1800s. So I just wanted to give a note. I do have a copy of the Jefferson Bible, which I do intend on reading someday. So I guess I'm going to have to skip over that part a little bit because it does go beyond the 18th century into the, eight, into the 19th century. All right, and the next writer I have is Collected Writings from Thomas Paine. I'm not sure if this is all of his writings, but it is. All right, I'm cutting out the index and the notes and all that stuff. Notes on the text. Let me find the last actual page of his work. Chronology. Okay. 830 pages, this book. And I actually got this uh, collection from Half Price Books. And by the thickness of it, you wouldn't guess that it's 800-some pages because it doesn't look like it would be. But the pages are actually very, very thin. And from the, I've not read these uh, collected writings, or all of them, I should say. I have read Common Sense by Thomas Paine, which was an interesting little pamphlet. And I've read, I believe it has some of his letters. Yes, I've read a couple of the letters that are in here. And I've read, uh, where's the other book of his? Common Sense, American Crisis. I think I've read a little bit from Public Good. Where are you? Benjamin Rush. Why isn't it listed there? Uh, it also has the rights of men, which is, or the rights of man, I should say. Did read part of that. Oh, and it does contain the Age of Reason, which I have not gotten through the whole thing, but I have gotten through most of the first part of the Age of Reason from 1794. Which, if you're interested, and I will at some point probably do a uh, episode on religion, but it's basically one of the most influential uh, deist writings. But it is a very interesting thing. Thomas Paine is a very interesting uh, writer and a very easy writer, too. So if you're looking to get into 18th century literature, uh, Thomas Paine isn't that bad to read. He's uh, very straightforward. Now, the last writer I'm going to get into is Benjamin Franklin. Two uh, little books that I got on a trip. I went to Washington, D.C. in 2018 are uh, Benjamin Franklin, The Art of Producing Pleasant Dreams, and Benjamin Franklin's Book of Virtues. 
they're just very short little things. I mean, the Book of Virtues is 28 pages, and the Art of uh, Producing Pleasant Dreams, I think might be shorter. It does not list the page count. But it's uh, kind of like two small essays, in a, sense, in a sense, written by Benjamin Franklin. And I have read uh, episode 22 of the podcast, A Letter to the Royal Academy About Farting. And if you have not checked out that one, I would highly recommend checking out that episode and reading that essay because it is probably one of the funniest essays I have ever read before. Benjamin Franklin was a real character. Now, the last book that I have that I'll talk about is another Benjamin Franklin, which is the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. I will be reading this book probably in a couple weeks. A couple weeks now. I gotta get through one or two other books first. But taking out some of this extra stuff. How long is it? It's not too terribly long. around 272 pages for the edition that I have. Uh, it's prepared and annotated with an introduction by the editors of the papers of Benjamin Franklin and a new forward by Edmund S. Morgan. Is also paperback. But from what I do know about Benjamin Franklin, uh, he was quite a guy. Uh, he invented a lot of things. He was essentially one of the, you could say, first Americans or in the traditional view of what an American was in some ways, even though some of his life has been greatly exaggerated and other parts have not been focused on enough, in my opinion. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you've know, known that uh, Benjamin Franklin's come up more than once. For example, he was also in... Uh, the podcast episode 21 on Spycraft. And I think he was in another episode I mentioned him in, but I don't remember which one. But I do plan on reading the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. Very interesting fellow. And I'll probably talk about his autobiography and maybe Thomas Jefferson's as well once I get through them. The reason I haven't, I mean, I've had these books for a while. The reason I haven't gone through them, through them is, well, I have a large stack of books I still have to read that are not pertaining to the 18th century as well. But anyways, I just wanted to share what books I do have that are related to the 18th century. Phew! Another long episode. I feel like these uh, episodes where I'm just free flow talking are a bit on the longer side. It does take me a while to write out these scripted episodes. So I'm thinking next week might be another scripted episode or I might be reading another document. I haven't decided yet, but February is going to be a busy month for me. So we'll see what happens. Anyways, uh, those are the books I have that are related to the 18th century, and I do plan on expanding my collection uh, soon. 
uh, a fiction book that I'm looking at getting is The Monk by Matthew Lewis, which I believe was written in the 1890s. The Monk, I'm just going to check. Matthew Lewis, there you are. When were you written? 17, published in 1796. So I, as considered, I believe, one of the first gothic novels. So I will be doing probably a little review on that one. And there's a couple other fiction books I might be reading at some point, like Gulliver's Travels, which I believe was published in the 18th century, in the early 18th century. But anyways, uh, conclusion of this episode, those are the books that I have, and I highly recommend checking pretty much all of them out. I haven't fully read them, but I've at least skimmed through parts of these books. Anyways, I hope this episode has been entertaining for you, and it was fun talking about these books. And if you'd like to support this podcast, please leave a review or share it, because it really does help leaving reviews and sharing, uh, just, you know, sharing it. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you think anyone would enjoy this podcast. And the uh, list of books will be on 18thcentury.home.blog. That's 18thcentury.home.blog. I'm your host, CJ, and thank you for listening to this episode of the 18th Century Podcast.